Hello, everybody. This is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs, and we are going to be talking Manhattan today, Johnny. And we got our special friend, our special guest, Scott Harris, billion-dollar producer from Brown Harris Stevens, uh, originally from New Orleans, the Big Easy. Got to love New Orleans. So anything from New Orleans, I love. Um, even though, Scott, if you weren't from New Orleans, I'd probably love you, too. Just Thanks, so you Noah. Know. Thanks, John. <laughs> good, to, good to be here. Uh, yeah, yeah, we love having you here. And we're going to get right into it, Scott. Um, everyone wants to know what's going on. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of macro changes going on in our world. But let's just start high level before we get into it, Scott. Um, what do you see going on in the Manhattan markets today? Sure. So thanks again for having me here. It, what I've seen in the market, the way I describe it, is that buyers and, 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 and people in general are just, are just about to take off masks. You know, we're just starting to get it's spring and the weather's good. And it's almost like they have to put armor on to go and buy real estate. They've taken off the mask, they're putting on armor, they've traded it in. And Ooh. what we're seeing in a, certainly under, under $2 million uh, in a lot of, there's a lot of bidding going on for well-priced properties. So if you see a property that, and, and strategically I'm seeing things come to market when I know that's underpriced, that's priced to generate bidding. So it does seem like uh, from our perspective, from my perspective, I'm seeing brokers and sellers sort of aligned with a strategy of generating as much buyer interest as possible out of the gate to create multiple bidding situations. And I'm seeing that whether we've got buyers in Brooklyn running around with you know, 17, 17 bids out of the gate, or we're talking about things that are asking three, even 4 million. So above 2 million, we're seeing that activity as well. But it's all about proper pricing right now. If it's priced well, and the seller and the it seems like the broker has advised their broke their seller well then there's a lot of interest and ultimately pretty quick uh, transaction volume and flow otherwise what we're seeing is um is really price chops we're starting to see what i would consider just a healthy market emerging from all of this it's it's in a lot of respects it's 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 finding a level and if something uh, is over overpriced it's a problem so what i'm telling sellers it's very hard to underprice an apartment right now uh, it will right. find the, it will find the right level, but it, it is pretty easy to overprice. If you get too aggressive, you will know right away. Interesting. And and can I drill down into that? Because I think you mentioned, you know, there's, there are a couple sectors of the market and obviously, you know, the sort of the, the, the one that gets the most traction does the most deal volume is the under 2 million. It doesn't really attract the most headlines, but most of the transactions fall into that space. And I'm curious, you know, you hit the head on the hit the nail on the head, which is we've had really an inventory problem for a while, and it's not that supply is not coming on; it's just that the pace of contract sign has just been outpacing supply. So I'm curious, you know, what you see as we sort of approach the peak of this spring busy season, what the complexities are in that under two million market, especially given you know with with what rates rates have done uh, in the last six weeks or so. Well, what I'm what I see happening, I call it a perfect storm. Right, you've got buyers who are who are on a budget. They they're looking at rates starting to tick up, and they're very concerned. They're trying to find that home today. In the meantime, if people are in contract, they're starting to, and, and with the delays of managing agents processing things, and with the with the boards taking time to review, they're starting to hit their rate lock deadlines. So they're starting to freak out there as well. And if you lose that rate lock, there are buyers who can't afford to buy right now. Then on the other side, you've got suburbs right. with no inventory at all. So they can't go there to find something. 
and then the rents are going up. So I think of it as like a perfect storm that is brewing. And right now we've had some fights with, you know, buyers who were really concerned about losing their rate lock. You know, I, I want out of the deal, you know, some drama there, but mm-hmm. it's early days, I think still for how rates are really affecting. I'm still seeing a lot of cash deals uh, in the market. And what I believe I really do this year won't be as impacted, certainly not north of 3 million because, um, because people have access to cheap money through their, so it's really that sub 2 million, as you said, that are very sensitive to price to, and they're financing. So it's, yeah. it's early days, but as these, as rates start to tick up more, I think we'll see more and more of it just in time for sellers to finally say, oh, I'm going to put my place on the market. So it'll be an interesting, uh, I, I really do think we'll hit less of a seller's market. It'll be much more of a balanced um, push and pull between buyers and sellers. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I think it's been a seller's market for a while. I think it's slowly kind of um, trending away from sellers right now. Um, and I get asked this all the time, Scott, is, is interest rates went up. When am I going to see the prices fall? I mean, they think it's a one-to-one ratio. When we got to wait four to five months to see what deals are happening today anyway. Um, when you factor in the fact that this macro environment in terms of interest rates has just um, become center stage in the last month or so, um, we're not going to really see this in terms of price action until probably late summer or early fall. So that's the timeline that you got to look at right now. So, you know, my question is mindset. Um, and you started to talk about that a little bit. Um, are you are you having buyers? First of all, let's start with buyers. Are you having buyers that are pulling forward their purchase? Because I have a theory that there is a, a some fear of missing out, especially in the lower end. Just like you said, I totally agree. The lower end can be more impacted by the citrus trade hike. Are more buyers saying, oh, they would have bought in May, June, July, but they're buying now. And there's activity in that sector now, um, even though it might be, I don't, know, I don't know if it's undergoing any price action change. We'll find out later. But are, do you have buyers that are pulling forward their, their purchases because of rates? We have buyers who are, just to give you some actual stories, we've got a, a couple who are getting married in the late fall. They want to get this tied up now. They're excited about where they are in their lives. Yes, they have friends who are buying right now. I think there is a little bit of FOMO. You know, people want to take advantage and move into neighborhoods where they have their friends and, you know, people are locking in great jobs. So there's, there's a lot of uh, excitement around ownership right now. And you know, Brooklyn is hot as can be. And if you're looking under a million and a half for a two-bedroom apartment, it's, it's challenging out there. Um, what we're also seeing, in terms of FOMO, I would say that's, maybe a smaller part of it. I think it's really, like you said, it's rates and wanting to take advantage. Now we had a conversation with another family. They have an accepted offer. The conversation kind of went like this. Okay. You can pay a little more than you want to pay right now, or we can let them go to, cause it was an off market deal right before it went back on the market. And we said to them, you can buy it now at a, maybe, maybe you pay a little bit more, but then if you wait a month and see, maybe you get it for less, the rates are probably going to tick up. So people are kind of balancing this. And frankly, the rate rise is going to affect their purchasing power more than some perception that prices are going to drop. Because I really do think, if anything, it just chills prices from going up too much in the near term. And then just to flip it, the conversation I'm having with a lot of buyers who are all cash, who are financially really strong, are looking at it. It's just optionality. They say, wait a minute, I'm not finding things that I want right now. And I'd rather see if I can get a little bit more property to look at before I make a decision. And if the rates do go up, I feel like I'm going to be positioned pretty well 
to find something I like, which is, that's the top. That's the most important. Find something I love. And then I don't care about the rates as much as the next guy. So I think there's a lot of buyer. There is a, there's a good amount of buyers out there who are cons- making that consideration, but below 2 million, it is very, very price uh, sensitive. I mean, uh, um, race sensitive. Well, right. Scott, what about sellers? So, sorry, John, one second. Okay. Sellers, what, what, are, what are sellers thinking? Are they scared at all from this rate increase? Sorry, Johnny. Sellers are looking at all of these factors. Sellers are looking to try to take advantage of inventory being low. So, but their feelings that they want to move. I talked to a seller today. They, they want to move to Brooklyn and they want to take advantage of a inventory constrained environment. And they're pretty realistic about the price. And they do understand that if they overprice it, it's not just, by the way, mortgage, it's not just mortgage rates. They're looking at their internal things in their building. Is their maintenance high? You know, they're, they're listening to us. They're listening to what are the factors that people are really, that buyers are considering today. And when you've got higher monthly charges that are affecting every building, you know, they're, they're thinking about how does that affect buyer mentality? Because buyers are looking at their overall rate plus mortgage, you know, rate, their mortgage cost right. plus Total their monthly carry. That's a big yeah. thing people are considering. And um, it's, if you look in neighborhoods like Harlem, say, where the monthlies are very low, things are getting bid up. If they're priced well, they're getting bid up and they're selling quickly. Um, and that market hasn't been that fast over the last few years. It's starting to pick up a little bit right yeah. now. So I'm going to ask a question now. Scott, I'm really glad sure. you're here because Noah yes. and I have been having this internal debate on whether <laughs> demand is getting pulled forward. And, and Noah has, I, I think it's an excellent theory that demand is being pulled forward, as he said, because rates are low yes. and people want to lock in. I have a theory, on the other hand, that, that demand is not necessarily pulled forward, but it's, it's in overdrive because people are trying to, or buyers rather, have two views. One, which is if they find something that works for them, they want to grab it as fast as they can because that's been the history that they've been blocked out. And the second is that prices are on the rise. So if you don't buy it now and you wait six months, you're going to be uh, behind the eight ball. And I'm curious, and it's possible we're both right, but I'm just curious how you see the market in terms like, do you see any general trends, whether it's it's people who are, are fearing missing out in just the, the boat in general, or that people um, want to get that rate lock? want to get that rate in. I think it's one in the same for a lot of buyers at the lower end of the price point. It's, it's the missing out is because if their monthlies go over a certain amount, they're just going to be priced out as the overall cost to them. I don't think they're looking at our prices of apartments going to go up so substantially. I'm going to be priced out. It's, oh my God, our rate's going to jump to X and then I'm going to, my monthlies are too high. So I, I think it's, it's both. It's together. Um, I don't know that anyone specifically saying I'm buying now because I think prices are going to go up. I think it's, I think the rate, the fear of rate rise is greater than anything. I've had libertarians, you know, guys who are huge crypto guys say, Scott, you know, my fear is it's going to go to 9% or something like that. And I think those are the outliers. Those are people who are really, really, really concerned about something that is not looming over the horizon. But I think you're more typical response is going to be that they're just concerned about what it costs them to carry a place. And they're looking at what the rents are and going, gosh, if I can lock in something that I love in the neighborhood, I want to be close to my children's school or on the park where they're, they want to do their thing. Um, yeah. That's what they're looking at. So, so let me ask, you know, given this whole context of, of everything that's happening sort of in the background, what, what are, what's working for you today? What are some strategies that you're finding that to, to get deals done in this market? 
we are doing more digging and finding opportunities off market, really shaking a ton of trees. I would say every broker out there has got more buyers than properties. So making those matches is critical. So we're reaching out to everybody that might be interested in selling. We're, we're, we've invested heavily in our marketing campaigns, both print and otherwise, to uncover buy, uh, sellers rather who are thinking about selling and just having as many conversations as we can because we legitimately can say we have buyers who are interested in two, three, four bedrooms or whatever and have those conversations and opportunities are coming coming. So we've put a lot of off-market deals together and that's what buyers want. The buyers want information. They want to have options. They want to feel like they really understand the market and that's helping them get comfortable in what is a, a real charged moment where they, they're feeling pressure to make decisions and perhaps before they have the time to, to be ready to. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does make sense. And, and you know, I just want to ask another thing. Um, um, someone like that's dealing with sellers right now. Um, Scott, when are you having that price reduction conversation? Um, I want to try to ask this question a lot in these kind of, a, of, of podcasts. Um, and how are, you, how are you having that conversation with the seller? Um, is there any, is there any um, um, successful strategies that you've learned over uh, trial and error? Uh, what works, what doesn't work when it comes to um, getting a seller to see the light? Well, seeing the light is, is very important. What I would say is it starts from the very beginning. When you sit down with the seller at the beginning, you say, I'm going to give you a biweekly report. You're going to see all the feedback, the raw feedback from buyers of what they think about the property. We're going to show you all your competition all along. You know, here we're looking at comps when you start. We're going to talk about pricing. And then over the whole time, we're going to send you what's going into contract. We're going to educate you all the way along. And some sellers are more responsive. We have to get on the phone and talk to them, but we're laying that groundwork the whole time to say that, you know, in a few weeks, if we're not, we're ready to have those conversations when they come up and every seller is different. Some sellers are more resistant to price drops. Um, we had last year, as you know, it was a significantly successful year for almost every every good broker out there. And we had one property that was sitting there at like two and a half million dollars. And I said, I, I unfortunately, after the amount of time we were on the market, this is really a $2 million apartment. And they did not yeah. want to hear it. And they hired a different agent who had it for six months. And they've been on the market for another three months. And lo and behold, they're finally at $2 million. And they may be too late. But those conversations, I, I can't say we're successful every single time. But with the education and the reporting and people really seeing the stats of how many people are coming through and what they're seeing. If we don't have, I like to say, if we have 20 showings and no offers, you know, that's a pretty good indication that you're overpriced. Um, right. And then if you have consistent number of offers at a certain level, that's below your ask, just because it's a great apartment or something, then we can have those conversations, but it's breaking the process into parts and saying, if it's, if, you know, access, you've, you've talked about it actually here, which I think is great. It's like, you know, inquiries, showings, offers, you know, if you break those buckets then you can see where, where there's a, where there's a hole, where there's, where the Swiss cheese is, uh, where you're falling into the hole there. Yeah. And, and time is an element there. So, I mean, like if you don't have 20 people in four weeks, three weeks, that's also a potential well, marker. We, we just, you know, we just have a, a, a townhouse property on the market where it, it is very property 
specific. So if you know you have an apartment, an apartment that should, that's in mint condition, you should have a certain amount of traffic right out the gate. If you have a townhouse that needs $2 million of renovation or more, then there, there's a much smaller subset of the buyer pool out there who's ready to take that on. And so you have to be more patient. You have to have that, that headset to know how to guide your client about timing and know yeah, when and, to recommend the price drop. And, and I'd like to kind of wrap it up on that, Scott, because I think you, sure. you've talked in the past, and I think it's a, it's a really interesting way to think about things. And that's that the number, you talk about the hats that a broker has to wear. And I wonder if you could kind of, you know, tell our audience, you know, how you, how you view those stages and sort of the, the process, which, which hats to wear, um, and just kind of sum up, you know, how, how, you come to th- how you've come to think about that process. What I tell my team, so I have a team of eight, and we, we talk about this often, that it's three stages as, a, as an agent. The first stage is just establishing your expertise. So, of course, that requires you to, you're having conversations with your clients and your sphere and, and just generating that you know what you're doing. And every good broker, people assume that you do, but you have to kind of appear in their mentality as someone who knows things. Then you have to put on a very different hat, which is one of being someone who can inspire that, that buyer or seller into action, right? So they, it's not about expertise anymore. It's about getting over that emotional hurdle to move forward. Whatever's in the way, you're helping them get out of the way into action. So then you're, you're, you've moved, they're moving into action. Then you go from the inspiring piece. You have to just be the guide. You take that, that expertise that you had before, and now you're pouring it into the buyer. So that's when you, if you try to put the information in before they're inspired, it just overwhelms them. It's like they're circ- the short circuit. And if you try to inspire them before you establish your expertise, it doesn't work either. So it's, you have to know when to add the right seasoning to the, uh, to the, to the New, so, Orleans, so, so, New Orleans uh, metaphor with into the roux, you know, right. making some gum yeah. here. Oh, I love gumbo. Oh, when po' boys. Um, so number one, establish credibility. Yep. Okay. Number two, kickstart engagement. Yep. Inspire. Inspire inspire into action. Yep. And number three, guide. Yep. Guide. Guide and educate. You're pouring that, that expertise into them in the, in, in a digestible way so they can feel educated and then confident. And if you don't establish in that order, um, it'll, you'll see disruptions along the way in, in, in not so many words. Yeah. Interesting. I love it. Yeah. I love it. At the end of the day, you guys are credible advisors and your buyers, buyers and sellers and renters are, are seeking um, counsel on what's going on in this market. And this market is very, very tricky. So thank you, Scott Harris, for joining us today and sharing what you're seeing in the Manhattan markets. Um, this has been really incredible. You're a true friend. Um, been a long time since I've known you and uh, you always tell it like it is um, in up markets and down. So I appreciate that. Um, thank you for joining us, Scott Harris. That is John Walkup. I am Noah Rosenblatt. We're both from Urban Digs. This has been Talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody.